0: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions, and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and today we have the honor of speaking with Brandon Lale. Brandon found leadership through tragedy. He was diagnosed after his 30th birthday with a rare type of bone cancer that led him to losing his right arm and shoulder in 2014. Rather than letting adversity bury his goals, he decided to turn it into what he describes as the best experience of his life. Brandon never really saw himself as a leader until he finally put pen to paper and mapped out his journey with cancer. He has been sharing his testimony with local churches where he lives in Hickory, North Carolina. He quickly found out that his attitude towards cancer could impact people who are going through tough situations themselves. There is a simple sentence that Brandon lives by choose better over bitter. That one vowel can change your life every day. Focusing on the I in bitter means that you focus on yourself. Focusing on the E in better turns attention on everyone else, which leads to servanthood. Brandon has shared that he believes that the world owes him nothing, but he wants to pour everything into those
1: around him.
0: So welcome, Brandon Lale. How are you?
1: I'm doing extremely well. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. And we're so happy to have you on our podcast. So are you ready to pour into our listeners?
1: Absolutely. Yes, ma'am.
0: Great. Now, Brandon, can you tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now?
1: Sure. My path to leadership was actually birthed through adversity, to be honest with you. I never really saw myself as a leader until being diagnosed with cancer after my 30th birthday. I knew that people were watching me go through this process. So I made it my mission to make sure I could become a template for adversity for those who were around me and that were loving on me. And if they saw me about to lose my arm through amputation because of the cancer, hopefully they could use that to weigh their own circumstances and contrast. Currently, right now, I just recently joined the John Maxwell team to become a certified speaker trainer coach to enhance those skills. Now that I believe in myself, So hopefully starting some mastermind groups, which is basically getting a group of seven to 10 people together and wanting to become better leaders within their homes or communities, organizations, and so on, uh, just to become a better person for those around them.
0: Now that's how I connected with you. You had just joined the John Maxwell team and you were being interviewed by John Maxwell. You were at the live event. Was that a jolt into leadership?
1: (laughs) It really was. Um, It literally happened from Christmas to February. Funny story behind that, I had seen a sponsored ad on Facebook, and I was scrolling through there one day and saw, just fill out some blank information here about becoming a speaker trainer coach, filled it out, and received a phone call, shared a real quick eight-minute summary of my life over the past five years. And Rick Raperto, who was my program coordinator, said, yep, you were definitely qualified. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get <laughs> you signed up. And within two weeks, I was at the John Maxwell event in Orlando a tremendous experience
0: Now you spoke a little bit about your adversity or your challenges Can you tell us about that journey really that jolted you into leadership
1: Sure I'm 37 now just turned 37 on March the 28th so mm-hmm. just after my 30th birthday I got to celebrate roughly three months until I found a knot in the top right armpit during a meeting at my job at the time and uh, wasted no time to get that checked out to make a long story short. Locally, they had no idea what they were dealing with, so I went to Wake Forest Baptist Hospital in to salem North Carolina to get further analysis, and from what they saw through their scans is that they didn't think it was cancer. They thought it was this disease called synovial osteochondromatosis. And I promise I just didn't put a hex or a Harry Potter spell on any of the <laughs> listeners. It's actually a real disease, and to kind of define that is we all have fluid inside of our joints to allow them to flow smoothly. Well, that fluid was hardening and it was creating uh, marbles, if you will, inside of my uh, rotator cuff inside of my shoulder on my right side. So I could barely lift my arm to 90 degrees to shake someone's hand. So knowing that they thought it wasn't cancer, they removed that knot, did an arthroscopic surgery to remove all that stuff out of there. But unfortunately, after they received the pathology results... I was standing in Walmart, of all places, at the grocery aisle, and it was sensory overload. I heard the words come out of her mouth that said, you have cancer, but it was in very slow motion. And But yeah, you see it on the movies, and you're like, well, that's some, just some sound effects, but it's not. Uh, anybody who's heard those words, such a flood of emotions and chemicals and everything going on inside your head. Flash forward eight months, the tumors kept coming back and had about 100 of its friends, occupying the right side of my body from my rib cage out halfway down to my elbow on my right side. I had one option and it was amputation, but before they could amputate, I got referred to Duke cancer center in Durham, North Carolina to do their own scans for a second opinion. And I'm glad I did because they found it in my left lung. It metastasized. So they removed three nodules from my left lung, uh, healed up through that process did some radiation to try to stop the cancer in the arm. Unfortunately, it really only fed it. And I had the amputation May the 28th of 2014. Mm. What's interesting about that is I spent 30 years with an arm, but now that it's been roughly going on five years without one, I don't really remember what it's like to have one. I have memories of it, but my brain can't comprehend the function of it, if that makes sense. Mm. So it's very interesting. Uh, Currently, I'm living with 60 to 70 spots inside of my left and right lungs with really no cure for it since it's such a rare type. There's really no immunotherapy, chemotherapy, or radiation to rid it from the body.
0: And so what's the prognosis now for you?
1: Roughly about 600 more days. So doctors, they only go through statistics. They don't know everything. It's just a best guess scenario. In my faith pattern, I serve a God that does not guess. Mm-hmm. So he could keep me around for the next 30 years, but That's right. I value that perspective and knowing that there could possibly be a, a finish line for me. So they, it kind of gives me that drive and that purpose not to waste any time.
0: One of the things that really grabbed my heart is the fact that, okay, the doctors gave you this prognosis and I've heard this through the interview you had with John Maxwell and Christian Simpson. And I was just moved because with that prognosis, what you chose was leadership, And what you chose was to serve other people powerfully, which to me, it's just awesome. And I really want to thank you for being that example to us. And with that said, Brandon, how would you describe your leadership style?
1: It's actually funny that you asked that. I had to research to find out a true term for the kind of style that I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, After doing a little bit of research, I found that I have more of a democratic leadership style. Mm -hmm. I kind of base my decision on the input of the team members around me. That way everyone has an equal say in whatever the situation is. And I also feel that it kind of helps empower everyone to know that they have a voice, even though Mm -hmm. the outcome of the decision Might not align with what they had hoped for, but Mm -hmm. they were never silenced through the process. And as John Maxwell says, if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. So I think that's very important. Mm.
0: So you look to empower others and to give others a voice.
1: Sure. And another quote that he says is, "People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care." That's a really resounding statement for me because it's true. I mean, I could be a dictionary of information, encyclopedia. But if it's not absorbed by someone knowing generally that I care for them and that I want to see them get better, what's the point, you know?
0: Right. And so you've mentioned several quotes. Are there any other quotes you want to share with us?
1: Yeah, that was definitely one of them, especially the no one cares about how much you know until they know how much you care. That quote seems so simple when you say it. Yet it requires deep thought to really put it into practice. Most people never listen to understand. They -hmm. tend just to listen to reply. And I'm kind of paraphrasing uh, Stephen Covey there. Mm -hmm. But another quote that I found remarkable is by Dr. Henry Cloud. And it says, our thriving in every area of life largely depends on the connections and dynamics of the kinds of people we surround ourselves with. So again, when you dissect that statement, every single word is true. Surrounding yourself with people that will encourage you and you have to stay in that place of growth is critical to pursue any dream. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have given up on myself a long time ago if it weren't for people in my life pushing me to become greater than I ever saw myself.
0: Wonderful. Now, tell us about a leader who inspired you.
1: Okay. The most influential leader that I have ever read about is Jesus Christ. If anyone is an unbeliever, the words he spoke drive most, if not all, leadership qualities that are still taught to this very day. And if you don't believe that he is God, that's fine. I still love you, but shoot, I didn't even believe when I first started researching him either, but you can still examine him as a man and the words that he spoke. Just listen to some of the qualities and see if you want this out of a leader in your own personal life, servanthood, focused on his mission, which led to action. He built a team and freely gave his mission away to his team. He built relationships with people, and probably the most powerful one is that he empowered them by doing that. There are many other leadership qualities to mention, but it's hard to negate the fact that Jesus was a strong leader within his community. There's no doubt to that, considering there are millions of people still reading and studying him 2,000 years later.
0: Beautifully said. So, Brandon, what's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Ooh, uh, great question. The best advice I ever received was that one vowel can change your entire life. I'll explain that. So Mm -hmm. after I lost my shoulder back in 2014, I actually was contemplating suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I could just give it up. Everybody would kind of pick up the pieces after I'm gone. Mm -hmm. But I had a strong male mentor in my life that spoke truth in me. Uh, My dad wasn't around after losing his battle with cancer back in 2010. So luckily I had this individual in my life at the perfect time. What he said was this. He said, Brandon, I know you are depressed and struggling. I can only imagine what you're going through right now. I'm sure it's hard just to pick your head up off the pillow every single day. I want to say something to you, and you can love me or hate me after this conversation, but I hope you love me because I'm sharing this out of truth and love. He said, you're waking up bitter right now. You have it in your mind that the world is against you and nothing will ever go right again. I want to issue you a challenge. I want you to be better. He said, when you wake up every day, you have a choice for that day with the first thought that goes through your head. You can be bitter because of your circumstances or you can be better because of them. He said, one vowel changes your entire life every day. And he said, there's an easy way to remember this. If you wake up and you're bitter, you're focusing on the I in bitter, which means you're only focusing on yourself. However, if you focus on the E in better, you're focusing on everyone around you. The Mm -hmm. world owes you nothing, but you owe it everything. And that shifted my entire perspective off of myself. And I started to invest in others.
0: So it's choosing better over bitter. Wow! Sounds
1: simple, but it is extremely hard to put in practice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It it is hard. That's wonderful, deep advice. And I'm sure a lot of us, we struggle, all of us struggle with something. Absolutely. Having this in our hearts and minds every day will just help us to get up and moving. So I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Now, Brandon, what does it mean to you to have a good team and how do you build and sustain one?
1: That's a great question. People say it takes a village to raise a child. I think it takes a village, no matter what age you are, just to live. Mm. Um, We aren't built to do this life alone. Surrounding yourself with people who share common interests and goals is paramount to never stay complacent. But building a team is unique. I believe that there isn't a cookie cutter approach to building teams. Look at any sport, for instance. Every team is coached differently, but there are fundamentals that are necessary. So, you got to have goals. You know, where is this team going? Listening to what your team members want to say, delegating those responsibilities so that every team member is included. Communication you got to be open to suggestions, you got to solve any kind of concerns, and most importantly, ask questions and ask for help. (laughs) That's one of my biggest ones is that my pride gets in the way and I feel like I can do this alone. But asking for help enables people to want to chip in in your life. That way you're not stopping their blessings. Mm -hmm. And um, last, probably trust, which is probably one of the hardest things in society to do right now is to trust people because we've all been burned so many times. But uh, see a 10 on people's foreheads until they give you any other information and say that they're not.
0: And when you talk about seeing a 10, that's on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best,
1: right? (laughs) 10 being the best, absolutely. Yeah, they are a 10 out of 10 until they give you any kind of different scenario. Yeah, anybody that you meet, any new people that you bring in to your team, you got to see them as a perfect person, even though no one's perfect, but it allows you to escalate your feelings for that person without any prior judgments before you even know that person.
0: And you know, you hit on something that's so essential to leadership. The foundation of what we do is trust and yet, It escapes a lot of us. It really does. How do you maintain that? Um, Even when you get burned and, you know, life throws the curveballs and you're certainly in it, how can you maintain trust?
1: That is a great question. So maintaining trust would be to ask those questions to that person, getting them involved, because even if they do happen to do a mistake, you have to realize that I've made mistakes too. So being able to wipe the slate clean and not build these defensive blocks up in front of your relationship. I heard some great marriage counseling before my wife and I got married is that very analogy, actually two of them. One was each time you have an argument or anything, instead of building up a wall in front of you, being able to take a chisel to those blocks is the most crucial thing. Being able to communicate those things through frustrations, which is the hardest thing to do without getting mad and throwing fuel on the fire during that communication is is critical. The other analogy is love banks, just like with a banking account. If you're constantly putting deposits into that account, you're going to be okay if you make a withdrawal. However, if you're not putting any deposits in and you make a large withdrawal, it's going to take you a longer time to get back up to that baseline. So I think that's with any relationship, whether it be personal, business, it doesn't matter. You have to make deposits in people's lives and that increases the trust in you knowing that you're helping them. And hopefully they would be depositing into your account as well, whether it be personal or the business side of things.
0: Well said. Thank you. Hey leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. I've interviewed many wonderful leaders on this podcast and Brandon's journey has certainly been one of the most moving episodes I've done. So I have an idea. Yes, I did get his clearance on this. If this episode has touched your life as a leader, call or text him at 828 217 5973 and share how his story has impacted your life. That's 828 217
1: eight,
0: two, Brandon, can you tell us about one of your greatest successes?
1: Ooh, that is a great question as well. So, probably my greatest success would be mm-hmm. my choice to forgive cancer.
0: Tell me about that, please.
1: So, in my faith, I'm called to pray for my enemies. I can't visually see my enemy, so I wrote it a letter. May I read it for you?
0: Oh, please, yes.
1: Okay, it actually said this. Dear Cancer, I must thank you. Thank you for everything you've brought me since being diagnosed. I've gained faith, a wife, new family members, new friends, and most importantly, a perspective on what life means. Most likely, I would not have any of those things without you. I used to hate you because I realized I didn't know you. I've learned a lot about you since you've become a part of my life. To hate you means that I hate myself because you are a part of me. You are made up of my cells. You just didn't know how to die right. Well, guess what? I'm messed up too, and I'm not sure how to die correctly either. You've been my enemy for going on six years now. You've taken parts of my body, my mind at times, and most hobbies that I enjoyed. I'm called to pray for my enemies, so I will start to pray for you. I pray that you will start to be understood more clearly. I also pray that one day you will find peace and rest as well and know that you do not have to destroy something to be recognized. Best regards, your host. I can't think of a greater success than moving from being a victim of something to becoming a victor over it.
0: Wow. Um, that's such a mind and heart shift for me mm. to hear that. And I'm sure that many of us have you know, had to face either ourselves or loved ones that have battled or are battling cancer. And so to hear that from you, Brandon, is just mind-blowing to me and heart-shifting. And I've got to really ponder that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing something so deep, so personal, so heartfelt, so wise, and and so forgiving.
1: You're very welcome.
0: I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate your authenticity. And you know, that's the way that we need to be living. Thank you for being an example in that regard. All right, let me get myself together. (laughs) Um, So, Brandon, many leaders describe themselves as lifelong learners. What does that mean to you? And what are you learning now?
1: great questions. Um, This is going to be kind of contrary to what I just said with the doctors giving me a 600-day timeline, but you have to live life like there is no finish line. Mm. Every day begins a new race. God graces you with the breath to do another 24 hours. The thing is, is, some days you win and some you're going to lose along the way. It's what you learn through those experiences, though, that helps with the growth. I'm learning that there is no time for anger. It allows someone or something to live rent-free in my head, and it serves as a distraction to the things that really matter to me. I've also learned to forgive people quicker than I used to. Not forgiving someone is like me drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die from it. Mm -hmm.
0: Those are deep things to learn, Um, and, (laughs) and, and thank you for sharing that with us. Now, if there were something you could change in education, Brandon, what would that be?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Teachers do a tremendous job in their profession to raise leaders within this country. Let's see, if there was one thing I would change in education, it would probably be fiscal responsibility. Too many, including myself, had no idea how to manage money coming out of high school, which led for me to have major credit card debt. What I know now is that understanding that being a good steward of your financial resources is a huge advantage for sustainability, not only for myself, but I'm able to give more by being able to manage those funds, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, absolutely. Now, you mentioned also that you were a leadership coach.
1: Yes, ma'am. John Started, Max-
0: yeah, you're starting your business. So how can our listeners get in touch with you?
1: There's actually on the uh, John Maxwell team's website, you can actually search for me by name, Brandon Lail, L-A-I-L, through there, and you can send information to me. My personal cell phone number is listed there, and I'd love to talk to anyone who is interested. It's johncmaxwellgroup.com slash Brandon Lale is uh, my website. I just got the credentials yesterday, (laughs) so I'm still updating some of the information, so it's perfect timing.
0: You're official.
1: (laughs) I am official. Yay. All
0: right. So they can find you on johncmaxwellgroup.com forward slash Brandon Lail, and that's B-R-A-N-D-O-N-L-A-I-L. That is correct. Perfect. All right. So Brandon, can you tell us what you've read, watched, or listened to? that our listeners should as well, and why?
1: I can kind of break those down, if I may. Sure. Read, I would say, The Barbarian Way by Erwin McManus. That book took my faith to an entirely new level. You must read the book to understand this, but I would like to welcome everyone who reads that book to the crash. Uh, so hopefully that leaves it a little bit on edge to go out and, and get that book because oh, sure. it, it's an easy read. Um, uh-huh. So it took me a day to read it. So it's an amazing read. And once you start, you really can't stop. Okay. Um, listen, I would say, listen to Ravi Zacharias and, of course, John Maxwell for the leadership. But Ravi is a Christian apologist who I connect with on an intellectual way. He actually encouraged me to take the longest bridge in the world the bridge between my head and my heart. So uh, it's the shortest distance, but it is the longest bridge to overcome in your life. Um, (laughs) But Robbie, Robbie Zacharias has definitely encouraged me to do that. Watch. This is actually almost new to me. A couple months ago, I heard of a, a man by the name of Inky, I N K Y Inky Johnson's video on YouTube. It says when God says no, Uh, He had a tragic accident as a football player that left his arm paralyzed. He thought his life was ruined. He was headed to the NFL. But it actually began when God said no to him getting movement back in his arm. So now he's using his adversity to reach people that he would have never turned his attention to without that horrific accident as a young man playing football.
0: I'm very curious, too. What is it? Be invited to the crash?
1: Yeah. Welcome to the crash. Welcome after the... At, Yeah. After you read that book.
0: Okay. Perfect. Be, Thank yes, you. This, this will keep us busy for a while. Okay.
1: <laughs> now,
0: Brandon, you have a lot of responsibilities. What do you do on a daily basis to set your mind?
1: I try to simplify it as easy as possible. So I don't get everything kind of convoluted inside my mind. So first off I pray Before I even get out of bed. I pray Next. I serve the most important person in my life that's living on this earth, which is my wife. I serve her coffee every morning. I also read a daily devotional during my coffee before the world starts to come at me full force. But I'll never, you know, the reason why is because I'll never be able to fill anyone's cup unless I fill my own first. Yes, that's right. So um, I try to keep that as simple. Just pray, serve, and do a daily devotional.
0: Great. Thank you. Now, if you were to go back in time, what advice would you give the younger you about leadership?
1: Oh, man. Wow, I was such a brat. Uh, Let's see. Um,
0: (laughs) I think many of us were.
1: (laughs) um, Probably love more. Be in the moment. Read more instead of playing video games. Interact more with the older generations. Their wisdom is irrefutable. So much knowledge you gain from someone who's already walked the shoes you could possibly walk in in the future. Lastly, when I thought my life was bad, I would say seek someone who has it in a worse condition than yourself. That way you kind of put your circumstances into perspective to know that you might not have it as bad as someone else.
0: I'm going to ask a John Maxwell question. I think all of these are influenced by John Maxwell, but one of the things he always asks himself is, what is my life sentence? In other words, what's the sentence that at the end of your life you want To describe you? What would that be for you?
1: Great question. A life sentence. The clock restarts every single day. Mm -hmm. So if you have a bad day, if you're bitter for that day and you lay your head down at night, tomorrow you have the option for change. Mm -hmm. So I would say to shorten that up, Brandon Lale lives by choosing better over bitter, turning the focus away from myself onto other people.
0: So well said. Now, I kind of alluded to this at the beginning, but I want to really nail this. So, Brandon, why leadership right now in your life? You know, I'm imagining myself in your shoes and to be given a prognosis like that, and then for you to choose leadership and to really pour yourself into leadership, it's not something most of us do. Why did you choose that?
1: I chose leadership because I was allowing cancer to really dictate my life in many different areas. My wife and I decided not to have any more children due to the cancer. We decided not to move into a bigger house, even though we could possibly, it would be a stretch, but we could possibly afford it. But I was also letting it curb personal growth as me just kind of sitting on the bench waiting for the unknown to happen. Mm -hmm. So I decided to take a step towards personal growth by becoming part of the John Maxwell team to encourage me that I can impact other people. To stop listening to those whispers inside of my head saying, you're going to die soon, you're not worthy enough. To realize and finally listen to people that were giving me feedback after sharing my story with them that you can impact people's lives, you can change their entire perspective on their life. And it really hit home whenever my wife sat down because, again, my sin is pride. I thought that telling the story was a very prideful, boastful thing. But Jordan, my wife sat down with me and she said, babe, I got to be honest with you. Would there even be a Bible if no one shared their story about God has impacted their life? Mm-hmm. And that really struck a chord with me because it's true. Mm-hmm. It was all inspired by God. And yes, man wrote it, but it was God inspired, just like whenever an architect has the plans and the blueprints for St. John's Cathedral. He didn't build it. He had masons, he had sculptors and everybody else building this masterpiece, but he himself never laid one brick. So knowing that God inspired all those people to write their stories and how they've impacted their life. And to be honest, what miracle would there be if it first didn't start out as a problem? Uh, So if I'm going to live this life, I want it to end with an exclamation point and not a period. Mm. So,
0: Yes, let's end with an exclamation point and not a period. Love it. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Sure. Last thing I would probably say is that knowing that I'm diagnosed with terminal cancer, currently have those 60 to 70 spots that are in my left and right lungs most people think that's a horrible situation. Would you be surprised if I told you that's been the best experience of my life? Um, When people see me in public, my loss is very noticeable. Seeing anyone who is missing their shoulder and arm on their right side warrants a stare or two, and I get that. To the contrary, what they don't see is my gain through this process. Kind of similar to the cancer letter I just read, I would have never thought that a, a perspective like this existed if I hadn't been diagnosed with cancer. It's been brought to my attention that I really don't have much time to waste anymore. And knowing that there's a strong chance that I could possibly only have 600 days left just did something to me. So I kind of turn the question back on the listeners Would you want to know when you're going to die or not? Mm-hmm. 99% of people that you poll that question to say no. But if you did know, would it make you live your life? with a purpose each day Uh, would you call your mom or dad more would you sit down with your kids and tell them how proud you are of them
0: Mm.
1: would you tell the people in your life that you love would you tell them more often and would you be friendlier to everyone that you encounter so cancer has given me this gift of perspective and i can't be mad or bitter about that I'll share one last thing. It's by Steve Maraboli. He said, as I look back on my life, every time I thought I was being rejected from something good, I was actually being redirected towards something better. So I hope that quote inspires the listeners that they never have to settle for where they are. We will all have the choice to wake up tomorrow and be bitter or better. So how are we going to approach tomorrow?
0: Brandon, I want to thank you so much for adding value to me for your generosity, for your love, your compassion, and your example of leading yourself well.
1: I am honored and humbled at the privilege. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Have an amazing day.
1: You too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Hello, leaders. In closing, here's a quick message